Good evening, everybody, and thanks for joining us once again on the 25th episode of Limerick Junior Soccer Focus with myself, Adrian Finnan, and Aidan Ryan with me again this evening. Uh, Aidan, normally we start with a plentiful review of the weekend's action. Obviously, it was scarce uh, last weekend due to the, the, I suppose, cancellation due to the weather, uh, horrendous weather we had last week, cancellation, most pitches unplayable in the city. Obviously, games on AstroTurf and the Munster Youth semi-final did go ahead. Um, you know, I suppose it was disappointing, wasn't it, Aidan, because it's been stop-start for some teams uh, this season. And, uh, and you know, it became clear, though, didn't it, by Thursday night, early Friday morning, when you were hearing rumours that the market's field even was struggling to, to be playable. So, uh, look, it was disappointing nonetheless. Yeah, and you're coming into that part of the season, Adrian, where, where teams want to, you know, they want to get their games played, and especially teams that are on a bit of a roll every week in terms of... Um, their results in that, so it was disappointing for them to have their games called off. And uh, look, there was there was some big fixtures down for the weekend, so it was disappointing that uh, they didn't go ahead. Uh, obviously, a good weekend for the Ashton U team that their game went ahead in Jackman Park. I was actually at the match, and the pitch I must say was in excellent condition, Adrian. I was just about to say, you know that, that um, there was a lot of games cancelled, but you're the type of fella that would find a needle in a haystack when it comes to soccer matches, and and got found your way to Jackman Park. Yeah, one or two games on, on, on about the place on the all-weather pitches, but uh, went up to Jackman. Um, contrasting, I must say, in the weather conditions, Adrian, the first half we had the sun shining and we could take off our coats. And in the second half, it was that absolute monsoon. It just lashed down non-stop for 15 or 20 minutes. Um, interesting enough game. Ashley just certainly deserved to win it, Adrian. There's no doubt about that. They got a bit stronger as the game went on. Deserved to win in the end. I thought the scoreline flattered them a bit, 3-0. But uh, I suppose the the big thing for me, outside the fact, look, we're delighted Ashley won, obviously, um, was was the standard of football, which I, I found was was quite low. I was surprised, actually, how, how poor uh, both teams were in terms of their technical ability and their passing ability. Um, that that definitely surprised me. But look, we're, we're delighted, obviously, Ashley won the game, Adrian. Absolutely, and, and congratulations, Sashin and Akadi. It'll be a, a big event for them in the, the Munster final, of course. I suppose they did surprise you even more, Aidan, because and it came to my attention that Villa FC have actually been in the last three finals consecutively too. Yeah, I was very disappointed with them, I have to say. Um, you know, th- there was probably 28, 29 players used in that game, Adrian, between the two starting 11s, 11s and substitutes. And... Uh, you know, to a neutral observer like myself, I was struggling to pick out maybe four players, maybe five players that, that were of, of a decent quality. Um, Ashley were blessed to have certainly the best player on the pitch in uh, Daniel Ryan, a diminutive little midfielder who was, I thought, outstanding. And um, the one bit of quality that came in the first 60 minutes came from him. He, he gave a fantastic pass for the first goal. Absolutely beautiful pass. Uh, Keen after out to Keen after on the wing over behind the Villa uh, FC left full after just let the ball bounce and just met it when it came up lovely volley into the net and listen there was only going to be one winner after that but I must say Adrian I, I as I said I, I was surprised by the standard of football no one could, took control of the game not one not one not one of the teams took control of the match the ball was more often in the air or in touch than it was on the ground. And the players' first touch and their passing ability left a lot to be desired, I thought. And if it wasn't for, you know, the odd couple of players like Daniel Ryan, 
who brought who brought that little bit of quality to the contest, Adrian. Uh, he certainly would have would have been along uh, ninety minutes from most of the neutrals watching the game, and I had a couple of neutrals alongside me, and they were of the same ilk. But um, listen, the main thing in these semi-finals is that you get over them, and Ashton got over us, and listen in the end comfortably, even though the scoreline probably is a little bit false. I I feel I don't think uh, Villa deserved uh, a training scoreline in the end, but a fully deserved victory for Ashton now, no doubt about it, Adrian. Certainly, obviously, don't want to, to turn National College progression into a negative. Aid, but just yeah. what you were saying about the about the, the maybe the standard overall, um, it's just interesting because I was talking about, or sorry, listening to Roberto Mancini in an interview recently, who went on a real a rant about maybe lack of of children. Even he said playing football on the streets in Italy where he learned the game and he said he said it's no coincidence that you know in the likes of Brazil and places like that where it's still going on there's still more skillful players from those countries I suppose in in one way Aiden, when you look at the the standard um what would you attribute maybe to what you would describe as a decline in quality even at youth standard uh, over the years if, if you feel there is one uh there'll be a few things well I suppose the first thing is a lot of the good, the better players are obviously going to, to the uh, Electricity League, aren't they? Yeah. You know, from the age now of 14, isn't it? 14. They're talking 13, 14, really, they're playing there, yeah. 15s, yeah, mm-hmm. 17s. So they're going there. So you have that little bit of quality, that little bit of quality gone. Having said all that, um, listen, you, you know, you, you still have young fellas that want to play football, but I think maybe more contact hours in terms of coaching and also the level of coaching Adrian, I think uh, there needs to be a bit more discipline with the level of coaching given to youngsters. I don't think there's enough uh, enough discipline in it. I'm not saying that uh, players aren't being coached, but what I'm saying isn't there, there isn't enough uh, correction there and and discipline in terms of maybe the basics of the game. And I'm just looking at it there on Sunday, Adrian. Like you, you, there there wasn't a lot of high press in the game in terms of what both teams were doing. So fellas had time to take it down take it down and pass it. But I, I found watching the game Sunday that a lot of fellas' first touch was quite poor. And then it became a fight ball. Do you know, the ball was going a couple of yards away from a fella and all of a sudden then he was fighting to get it back. Now, he might have won it back, but uh, you're, you're losing 10 or 15 seconds out, out of your team's game as a result. Uh, I found that. I found the passing quite poor. I found the composure very poor. And the availability to make space on the pitch I found quite poor as well. And listen, a lot of that is down to coaching and Maybe people maybe uh, need to have a look at that. And obviously, the third reason is um, I don't think we've we've as many young fellas, despite what people are saying, uh, uh, taking football as seriously as maybe as they should be, because there's a lot of other attributes now that young fellas are into, like uh, mobile phones, obviously, and computers and stuff like that. And, and listen, yeah, and a lot of young fellas are playing football on these phones now and not playing it where they should be, like Mancini said. On, on the streets Absolutely I think my own generation was probably the last generation where they saw playing, playing football on the streets not that it benefited the likes of me but there were some lads that did come out of it uh, a lot better Aiden. Um, I suppose just as well on, on the coaching aspect another person who I heard ranting and raving recently was Dean Saunders about you know different terms being used by coaches but that there's there's a lot of bluffing going on now, I'm not saying this is happening in Limerick I just mean in general um, in that you know 
say like he talks about press and he said back in order that just meant closing people down hard and you know and all these technical terms have been used he said sometimes like do you think that maybe the basics are lost and that it's it's there's there's over coaching in other aspects then like you were saying about control and things like that yeah listen he he has a point and uh i see it a lot and i see a lot myself in uh when i'm going out coaching and listening to other coaches and and that, I mean, you have uh, transitions now and overloads and some of the terminology is, is actually going above my head as well. And I'm very much a, more of a plain speaker when I'm coaching. So I, I look at I, I look at it's part of the modern game, Adrian. You know, it's it's yeah, it's it's the way things are done. And on the coaching courses now, you'll hear the coaches themselves, the tutors using these these phrases as well. And. You've, you've coaches on the sideline now with actual uh, laptops in front of them and it's just it's just moved on to a certain level now and just that's just the way it is and maybe we maybe uh, old, old fogies like me Adrian would want to wise up and, and adapt it or we'll be left on the shelf who, who knows for, uh, even, even for my own age I feel like a bit of a dinosaur but they'll definitely be calling us two dinosaurs the two of us can barely log into Zoom half the time for these interviews uh, on time I suppose but uh, no in fairness it's, it's just an interesting topic isn't it because there's so many different opinions on, on the way coaching is going and the way football is going in general from from a younger age but we've loads to get through obviously so we'll have to, to move on as well at the biggest game of the weekend involving a Limerick side is obviously the FAI Cup semi-final uh, Aiden, where Balananti Rovers take on Newmarket Celtic. It's one we've been waiting for, Aiden. Uh, you'd imagine it's going to be an incredibly tight tie, uh, given the the way the sides have played uh, throughout the competition, and they'll be quite evenly matched. Um, and and both, you know, it goes without saying, but both of these clubs in particular will be absolutely and will be equally as desperate uh, to get FEI silverware. Yeah, it's 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 just one to whet the appetite, and like you say, we've been kind of waiting weeks uh, for it, Adrian, and we've been building up week by week, following their results, obviously, in the Cups, and both of them are doing so well in the Cups, and the FBI in the Munster Junior, and listen, they've had some fantastic runs, both of them, in, in, in this Cup, haven't they? I mean, you look at Balinanti, Adrian, uh, haven't actually uh, conceded a goal, Adrian. I actually went back to Confirmed. the... Confirmed. Mm. Yeah, haven't, haven't conceded a goal. In the, actually, haven't conceded a goal in the Munster Junior either, Adrian, in all their games, eh? An incredible run. They got a boy in the first round of the first round of this. Then they beat Granville, clean sheet, Cardavan, clean sheet, Kuna, clean sheets, beat Castlefin 3 0, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Beat, beat County 1 0 away and then beat uh, Killarney Celtic mm. on penalty. Absolutely astonishing run in terms of keeping clean sheets. And I'm a great advocate, of, as you know, advocate of, of keeping clean sheets. It gives you the base. If you have a defence that, that is watertight, not giving away anything, it means you have a great base to go ahead and win matches. Especially in cup games, Adrian, because if you're having a bad day in the cup game and maybe things aren't going well for you, but if you hang in there, uh, and by all accounts, remember, Ben Nenti weren't at their best against uh, Killarney Celtic. You know, especially in the yeah. second half. Yeah, Killarney, Killarney hit the post a couple of times. Maybe might have had a goal disallowed if I remember rightly in that. But Ballas stuck with us, kept their clean sheets, waited it out, got the penalties and won the game and, and scored all the penalties so far as I know. So, you know, a fantastic run they've had in the competition, Adrian. Absolutely. And, and I know Adrian, we, we talk obviously all the time about Balanenti's defence and obviously rightly so considering that record in particular. But um, 
funny, isn't it? Because even though Dave Dunphy will be drilling that into the players about, you know, conceding and, and how strong they've been defensively, and that's the, the hallmark of their season. The other side of it is, isn't it, is that probably won't want to overemphasize that because it's the only way sometimes it happens. Like, so if Newmarket score early, Bellinanti might go into shock and that'll be something that he'll be considering, I'd imagine, as well. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. So it's very important that they don't over overdo that. And the other side of the coin, Adrian, is uh, Balinenti haven't scored a lot of goals in the last three or four games. Mm. And we've referenced that the last few weeks. No goal against Nina. No goal against Kalani, albeit getting through. And that's fair enough. It's a cup game. No goal against Pike. Now, mm. I know they got, uh, they got three against um, Corinthians uh, the weekend before last. So, kudos for that. But, uh, you know, they'll, they'll need their uh, more attacking players firing on all cylinders in what could be a very tight game on, on Sunday. And remember, these big games, Adrian, you might only get two or three chances in them. And when they come up, you got to grab them. So if you have that tight defence, you need your lads up top coming up trumps. Or maybe it could come down to a set piece. The big games often do come down to a set piece, especially an opening goal. Might be corner, free kick, penalty. So very important to take your chance when you get it, Adrian. Absolutely. And, and I know Aiden, you have seen Newmarket play earlier on in the season as well. But looking at it from, from the point of view of the neutral that will be listening in, um, you know, we know obviously of Newmarket's players, the likes of your own heads that you've mentioned before um, as well. So Stephen Kelly, who's come back into the squad uh, in, in, in recent weeks as well. Um, I suppose what um, would be, you know, in your opinion, Newmarket's main weakness from what you've seen Balinanti could exploit because there probably aren't too many of them with a team that got to the semi-final of an FAI. Yeah, when you get you get to the stage of the competition, weaknesses are funnily enough, they can be hard to find, Adrian. I saw them against regional. I I, I think I said to you at the time, I was actually very impressed with them. I saw a, a, a mental toughness that maybe I hadn't seen in previous years. Um you know, I've often referred to them, I suppose, like a bit like uh, Pete Villa for, uh, from Tip as the Cinderella football getting so fast. <laughs> be delighted to hear that over. again. Yeah, they'll be sick of me saying it. And listen, it could be an incentive in addressing them from it's, it's time for us to get over the line, you know. Mm -hmm. And they have been very impressive in this competition as well, Adrian. I mean, they've scored 20, 21, 22 goals. Do you know, they've, they've banged in plenty of goals. Um Beat Crumlin 2 0, beat Regional, obviously 1 0. That, no, that went to extra time and they showed a lot of mental toughness in that one. They beat Rahini 3 1. They went down to Wexford and scored four goals against that Shelburne United team down there. And in the earlier rounds, in Clare scored, <coughs> scored five number of goals. But the, the the big thing about the game is if, if it's nil all as the game goes on, who's got the mental toughness to to see the game out, to maybe grab that, that if, if an early goal especially hasn't been scored? And um, that'll be the big thing for Newmarket, in my opinion. They've been to semi-finals and quarter-finals before in the months of June and the FEI. You know, they'll be saying to themselves, is this the year? Can we get over the line? I I, I, I feel there is a couple of little weaknesses there, especially down in the full-back positions, Adrian. I think it's something that can be exploited. I think they play three at the back uh, normally, so it'll be interesting to see what they go with Sunday. Um I feel from midfield up, there's a lot of talent there. Obviously, you have Junior International on Hayes, who's going to be a handful, has a lot of pace. Very good in set plays. We saw that free kick, Adrian. He scored against Crumlin. What a goal. 
So um, they have a lot going from Stephen Kelly back in the squad. So much experience. Don't expect him to start, but you know, if if you need a player to come up and close up shop, he'll be a, he'll be a, he'll be available, no doubt. So uh, listen, there's a lot of talent in both teams. They'll be doing a lot of work this week, Adrian, won't they? Probably be putting in two, their, their normal two nights plus an extra night this week to get ready for this game. Absolutely. And similarly, I suppose, in, in you talk about mental toughness in there, it'll be a big test for Balinante, but it'll also, as you said, be a huge test for, for Newmarket because even though the management and the players more so even themselves, especially the experienced players that we have mentioned in the past, will be saying to themselves, you know, t- maybe time is running out for us. We need to we need to do it now. You know, you can't, you know, overemphasize that before the game either because it'll probably affect your performance. So there needs to be a level headedness as well and a calmness uh, in the new market squad, isn't there? Absolutely. And I think they'll be helped by the fact, Adrian, that, you know, there isn't too many players from the last few years left in that squad yeah. now. You know, they have, I, I, I referenced that in the, in the game before regional and after the game that. They have an awful lot of young fellas brought into the side. Now, they have Shane Cusick, obviously, uh, who you'll be familiar with from his League of Ireland days, um, playing with Limerick FC in goal. And they have Owen Hayes, um, and they've one or two more. But by and large, they have David Grady at the back as well. But by and large, the team is a new team, Adrian. And even their bench uh, against regional, they brought on a couple of young lads. So a lot of youth there. So they won't they won't be worried about all the previous baggage that has been there before, mm. um, and likewise, much the same at Ben Nanty. In fact, you know there isn't too many of the older generation at Ben Nanty now, so I I don't think that'll affect them too much. And listen, the management teams are experienced enough to know how to handle the team before the game. In terms of this, they've been there and done it before themselves. So uh, I I think both teams will be ready for it. There's no doubt about that. Uh, looking at the side that Balanti put out against College Corinthians, and you expect to see many changes from it. Realistically, there won't be. You know, you'll have your, you imagine Steve McNamara in goals, Darry Hughes uh, right back. And um, the only one, maybe one concern was that Adam Costello didn't play in the game that weekend and is nurse still nursing an injury. I'm not sure what it's like now, but he had had been out and he had been playing left back all the way through. Uh, so that might be a slight concern. You'd imagine Josh Adams and Tomas O'Connor would be your centre backs with Aidan Hurley and Thomas Burns. So realistically, you know. All going well injury wise. Do you expect to see any changes from Baller really? Mm, big big question mark there now because the team has been inconsistent for the last four or five matches, Adrian. A lot of a lot of the players yeah. have been carrying little knocks and injuries. Obviously, mm-hmm. Aaron Costello is one of them. I know he's back training this week, so we'll see whether he come through uh, comes through uh, the training sessions this week or not. Tomasa Connor actually was carrying a, an injury up to a few weeks ago as well. Thomas Burns was carrying an injury. Obviously, Aidan Hurley's been carrying an injury. So it's hard to know what they'll they'll put out. I know Dermot Fitzgerald obviously came into the team as well for the Pike match, which I was at, and he played against College Corinthians last week. Mm-hmm. So they'll, you know, there'll, there'll be questions asked as as regards what eleven they're going to be uh, they're going to be put out. I, I, you couldn't hazard a guess at the moment, really. That's been honest about it. I think obviously Habedine is going to start up front. You're going to have James Fitz, Adrian Power, definite starters in the forward positions. Maybe looking at Thomas Burns if he's fit in the middle of the field with A and other. God knows who'll come in there. Dara Hughes. Well, Connor Keane has played recently as well, like you were saying. John Connor Keane, the man from Fairview. Another so. one. Yeah. Young Boris Power started against um, mm. Pike Rovers. 
very hard to know what way they'll they'll come out. They'll have to assess. I presume they'll assess it Wednesday or Thursday, and see how guys uh, have come over all those knocks. But the funny thing about these these FEI games, especially, is all the players seem to be available for the major when it when it comes to it. Are you uh, suggesting that they might not be as up for a game away in Mungris towards the end of the season? So sometimes, Adrian, it's, it's you know it's mind over matter, isn't it, when it comes to big games like this in terms of injuries? Now I do know that Eddie Burns is definitely out. Uh, Eddie Burns was was carrying an injury, but Eddie Burns by by all accounts has gone abroad for a, a couple of weeks. I think he's gone to Dubai or someplace, so he's not available. So he'll be a loss to the squad now because he's a quality player. Um, so you know it's a pity he's going to be missing Adrian. Absolutely, and we'll both we'll both be there, Ed. And I tried to to swoop in and, and replace Stephen Callahan for the the journey tennis, but you've turned me down. Replace your consistency and all that and loyalty. Yeah, it's 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 no well inside. It's about that veteran status in the car, Adrian. <laughs> uh, Stephen Barrow Callahan's knowledge goes back maybe like my own about forty or fifty years. Should have been bored. I wouldn't have been stimulating you enough. You, instead you of... wouldn't understand what we'd be talking about going out in the car back in the. <laughs> The 80s. <laughs> oh yeah, well look, hopefully it'll be an enjoyable game anyway on Sunday and that we won't be washed out of it. I suppose the other side of it is, Ed, and who do you think will be, the, who the venue will suit more on the day? Because obviously it's going to be in Clare, but it's at a neutral venue. Yeah, I don't I don't think it matters, Adrian. Hmm. I really don't think it matters. I mean, it's, it's look, it's a big, massive game. No matter where it's going to be played, Adrian, you're going to have a massive crowd. You know, it's going to be a huge crowd at the match. Um, I think the field will be okay. I've played them myself. I've managed out there. I don't think there'll be any fears of the, the venue or anything like that. I don't think Balenenti will have any fears going out there either. Mm. I mean, for Balenenti, you know, they, they've played up in Dublin. They've had no fears there. They've played down in Killarney, had no fears there. Played in front of big crowds. I don't think it'll make any difference really on the day. Listen, we we got to hope that the game will be competitive, Adrian. Obviously, we're hoping that Ballet come through us and that they play to their strengths and they should they show that mental toughness that they've shown in this competition throughout. Uh, keeping the clean sheets, especially in the first half, will be huge. That they'll still be in the game at halftime. Um, I was actually speaking to somebody from outside the Limerick today about the game, Adrian, and they had Bella. Again, we're, we're talking about Bella being raging hot favourites for all these games. But again, a bit like their, their semi-final against Ray, Regional, you, you cannot be knocking uh, Newmarket out of this. You know, oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Newmarket have been having a tremendous season in both cups as well. Uh, they'll be eager to get over the line. Have a lot of quality players. Have a very, very experienced management team. So it has the makings of a very, very good game. And uh, tactically, Adrian, I have to say, and I've no doubt you'll be the same. That I'll be very interested to see. We'll have a fair idea in terms of how the shape will be, but how to put the players into each position. Who'll be playing, especially on the Balnanti side will be very interesting I can't wait yeah it certainly will be intriguing and hopefully we'll have a plentiful discussion about it and we will of course next week uh, on the show as well but our best of wishes to, to Balananti representing uh, Limerick in the FEI uh, semi-final obviously closer uh, to home on the day in, in the in the District League Premier uh, Division you have Fairview who haven't been in league action in, in, in a few weeks uh, coming up against Ashley and Akadi. Um so I suppose in we all know what happened in the, in the game uh, before uh, Christmas between these two sides as well, and which was you know a surprising result at the time because Ashton Cody had a lot of players had left. It was a virtually new squad in in many ways. They beat Fairview Rangers quite comprehensively on the night, and you did say that Anacody were more than deserving on the evening. Um, 
you know, obviously Fairview will be out for revenge, but it won't really be revenge. It'll be more about just keeping pace with Pike Rovers because this is a must-win game for Fairview and a must-win game to keep this league title race alive. Yeah, and I was thinking about it today, actually, Adrian. I mean, if Fairview don't win this match and Pike win their next match, we could be calling the league, couldn't we? Even this early, you could yeah. be calling the league. Pike, Pike win their next match under 41 points. If Fairview don't win this match, they're stuck on 31 points. Yeah. You know, so... It's 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 massive. It's massive. To show you the magnitude of that, like even if you be even if you went to be Pike twice, they'd still be behind uh, by four yeah. points in that scenario. Yeah, and the way Pike are playing, as we said before, conceding only two goals in fourteen games, it's hard to see that happening. The way things are, especially it's hard to see uh, Pike losing tw uh, losing twice to uh, Fairview. So this is a listen in terms of the league again. It's a massive game for Fairview. Um, obviously, I've 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 seen him last Sunday. I feel myself, Adrian, they're not firing on all cylinders. I've referenced this. I don't think the, the front three are playing with the same spark as they had been at the start of the season. I think they need to find a little bit of form again. Uh, I think the structure of the game was quite poor last Sunday, even though they got through the match, and we gave loads of praise for that. But there's a lot of work to be done in the next few games, especially before their semi-final against... Um, in the Munster Junior. Uh, it's gone out of my head who they're playing the Munster Junior again now. Sorry, against New Market, yeah. So how could they go out of our heads? <laughs> you're going to be you're going to be, New Market will be sending in a text me over that. We'll be building <laughs> we'll we'll be building up to that. But obviously, fair you want to win a league, Adrian. You know, they haven't won a league in what's it? Is it 20 years? Yeah, I did reference haven't, it to you before about Derek White. He did say that the one he was yeah. desperate for was the league. Haven't won a league in 20 years, Adrian. You know, I yeah. mean People outside of, of, of Limerick, when you say to them that Fairview haven't won a league in 20 years, they're just, they're just it's a disbelief. Yeah. So, so I'm quite sure that, you know, they'll be putting loads into this game. He'll be playing, obviously, his strongest team. And uh, they need to get the three points. And Ashing are coming off the back of a good loss and cup victory, Adrian. Uh, they're into the semi-final now. Have a very favourable fix, fixture against um, Geraldines in the semi-final. I've mm. also had two cup final to look forward to Friday week against yeah. against Pike. I I watched Ashing a lot in the last five or six weeks. I I've said that I, I didn't think they were playing particularly well in a couple of games that I saw. Marked improvement, Adrian, against regional. I must say, and I said that thought they did really well, managed the game well. A lot of players like like um, came back into form, uh, got through the game. So. They'll, I presume they'll be going out to put on a show. Obviously, they're not going. To, they're, they're looking to climb the league a bit, but it's a massive game for Fairview, and they they must get the three points, Adrian. I don't think a point is enough out of this game. They have to be looking to get the the three points, and they'll be looking to to Conor Ellis, uh, uh, Daryl Rainsford, and Conor Coughlin and Shane Duggan and Jeffrey Judge to uh, to get them going, especially going forward, because I didn't see enough of that last Sunday in terms of their attack. Uh, to, to even though they scored three goals, they just didn't see enough. So we'll we'll see what they'll they'll be at Sunday. That's certainly a huge game, and it doesn't get any uh, smaller as you go down the league. And there's a a bottom six clash between Munger Regional and Jamesborough on Sunday morning. I mean, you know, I I could say a lot more if I wanted to, but you know, in terms of Jamesborough, this is it, surely. Well, you five Jamesborough five games left, Adrian. I think, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, no, I, I will say this, okay, again, thinking about this game today, all those games are winnable. Do you know, all those games are winnable for Jamesborough. 
it's not like they're playing a pike or they're playing a favourite. No disrespect to any of these these teams, but they're not they're not playing a pike or a Jamesborough or a Beninenti. All these games are winnable. The problem for Jamesborough lately is they just haven't been scoring goals and they haven't been picking Sorry, up points. No form. Yeah. Absolutely no form. So like it has to change and they're running out of time. And two, we've said already two of these games against Mungers. And if you're Mungers, you're looking at this game and, and Richie will be will be uh, conscious of this. A point will do them. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be quite happy to come out of this with a point. Now, it, it is it, it technically isn't the end of the world if James were to get a point either because they still have four games to get out of it. But you're talking about winning all four, aren't you? Do you know, so it's it's vital. It's vital that James will get the three points here. It's a real head-to-head. It's it's like a cup final for Jamesborough, really, in my opinion. So Shane will have to harness the troops on Sunday to see can they get out of this, get anything out of this. And Mungers are coming in on the back of a very, very good victory, Adrian. Having gone behind to Crew Park at home to come back and score three goals and harness all three points. Really good showing. Shows a lot of character. Shows Richie got him going. Got his tactics right in the second half. And they're on 17 points now. So James run 14 points. Certainly uh, a victory would be huge for James Brand. All of a sudden you have Cooned in looking over your looking over the shoulder, haven't you at the two teams underneath them? But if yeah. Munger wins the game around 20 points, then it's hard to see James Brand coming out of it. Uh, so it certainly is. And I suppose if you're looking at it from the Munger regional point of view, and you're probably just disappointed that you haven't had a game since the crew park game. Yeah, you had that little bit of a roll off that game, and there would have been a bounce in training that week. And it's been a problem with the bottom six, hasn't it, Adrian? With, with obviously the, the prospect yeah. gone at the start of the season, it's been a huge, huge problem in the in the bottom six, and it hasn't done any of the teams any good, and it's certainly not going to do Mungard any good. I don't think it helps them uh, at all. On the other side of it, it might help James Brown. I know Shane had a couple of injuries and in that, so he's looking to get those sorted, and uh, also one or two players who weren't available to him uh, in their last match are going to be available by all accounts, for this game. So he, the, the squad might be strengthened up a little bit. But listen, squad strength are not aging. They have to produce on the day. You know, it's all very well going out on a Tuesday and a Thursday and you're doing your bit in training. Can you do it on a Sunday? Because that's when it counts. Uh, certainly so. And then it'll be interesting to see what, what comes out of those two results in those two league games, which mean a lot in terms of what happens at the end of the season. Um, and obviously last season, or last season, last week, uh, we started maybe a... Uh, Discussion about lower league sides who, who obviously don't get a, a mention very very often at all on this on this show. We started obviously by you know praise for Cardiff and Celtic who are top of a uh, uh, Division One A in, in Limerick and and flying high. Uh, this week the, the focus is actually a division below them, but it's also a team that are, are top of league and, and you're look talking to the likes of players like I have been from the likes of Parkville and Carcondish and. You kind of said that this club has emerged or this team has emerged from nowhere to, to be top of the league. Patrick Swell, who are top of Division 1B with 12 wins from 16 games. Um, I, and I have to say, I, you know, when you were keeping an eye on leagues because of your friends playing with other teams, I hadn't seen Patrick Swell up there until maybe the last three, four weeks when I saw the results flying through. And another big win for them the weekend uh, over Ashley Anacotti, who would be quite fancied in, in that league as well. Um, I suppose on the flip side, Aiden, it's obviously going really well for them in terms of on the field right now. The problem for Patrick Swell is they're still playing out of Limerick Institute of Technology, which is the other side of, of, of the town and probably isn't going to be sustainable for them. So, you know, they have had their struggles maybe off the pitch in recent years, and, or in recent years but on the field right now, flying. 
Yeah, they deserve a lot of credit, don't they, Adrian? Um, having to travel all the way out to LIT to play their, 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 uh, their home matches. And maybe you wonder, maybe, should they stick with it? Because uh, obviously they're playing a nice level surface, the artificial surface in LIT, and maybe it suits their game in terms of how they approach the game and getting the ball on the floor and passing it. I actually watched a couple of games with them last year, Adrian, uh, above an LIT, funnily enough. And uh, they were high-scoring games, I can tell you. Uh, a couple of five threes, and uh, one of them was a fa- and actually a 5-4. But um, I suppose, you know, a bit of a yo-yo team over the years, Adrian, and obviously affected by the hurling as well, going out Patrick's way. Yeah, big time. Not able to get a consistent uh, team out every week. Um, I can I can remember Adrian taking teams out to the notorious pitch out there, and I hope they don't mind me uh, referring it to as a, a, a notorious pitch because it was like a graveyard. Sometimes I can I can remember taking a few prospect teams out there, and we were well blessed to get results out of it. And a lot of it wasn't down to the the, the quality of Patrick's well at the time, with all due respect to him, but to the condition of the pitch because it wasn't the best. And I didn't think it suited him either, Adrian. To be fair, mm. but 12, 12, 12 wins out of sixteen very very impressive and listen you would like to think that given that form they will continue that till the end of the season and uh, get themselves up out of the uh, division and establish themselves up in 1A Yeah absolutely and and, and obviously now Aidan with the clock going forward we have the start of the evening bonanza and I know for myself uh, included just to give an example I have three games over the, the next eight days and I'll be sick of the side of you because one of them is against uh, your at Lunkard Villa team tomorrow evening for Carberry yeah, the, the, the games are flying in now, Adrian. Actually, Art Lunker are the same. I think they have three games in the next week. And listen, clubs are going to be like that now because you have the bright evenings. And in fairness, the fixture secretary is going to, to bomb in the fixtures for Tuesday. We know that. Thursday night. Yeah, and there'll be there'll be no delay in us. And the games will be co- coming thick and fast. And listen, this is when you need your squads, Adrian, because obviously the way life has gone now, you have fellas working evenings, fellas that have families to look after. So you're going to need... Uh, you're going to need your squads for these games. And some of the teams are going to be looking at the games uh, fairly seriously because, obviously, depending on results, you could fly up the league a couple of places and all of a sudden be in with a chance of um, promotion, uh, Adrian. So, um, I must say, looking forward to welcoming you down to uh, the, the home of football down in Arthlunker Villa tomorrow night um, for, for, uh, for the game against Carberley. I believe it when I see what type of uh, welcome I get. Probably target down the left side if I am even starting the game uh, t- tomorrow evening. But um, uh, obviously, we'll have a huge amount to discuss next week, Ed, and we've plenty to discuss even in fixtures from next week. But as I said at the top of the show, we're going to have a, a, a busy area for the next couple of months, obviously, in, in Limerick Junior Soccer. So... Once again, best wishes to Valenti Rovers, who will take on Newmarket in the FAI uh, semi-final. We'll have updates on Sport and Limerick uh, throughout the game and hopefully some post-match reaction uh, from Valenti as well and our Newmarket on the day. Uh, so thanks for joining us.